0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth Admission, a dire report on the future of California's beaches. Without big changes and major intervention, up to 70% of the beaches along our beloved Pacific coast could disappear by 2100. The reason? Climate change and its impacts, including sea level rise. This would dramatically reshape famed spots like two of my favorites, Stinson Beach and Point Reyes. These are places that make California what it is. The beach study is by the U.S. Geological Survey, the University of Illinois at Chicago, and the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Beyond providing a vivid example of the danger of global warming, the research touches on an incredibly fascinating subject, the array of forces that can erode beaches and replenish them. The study raises an obvious question. Are we doing enough to protect this vital resource? My guest is Tara Duggan, a Chronicle reporter covering climate change Tara, first, you recently spent time at our beloved Ocean Beach in San Francisco. Why did you go there?
1: Yeah, I went to observe some surveys by jet skis right off the beach itself. During the winter storms, a bunch of sand got moved off the beach, and these guys on jet skis were basically trying to find it by using equipment to locate where the sand went. And... If all goes well, a lot of that sand will come back. But it turns out scientists spend many, many hours studying this beach, which I didn't really realize until working on this story.
0: And you were with Dan Hoover of the U.S. Geological Survey. Let's hear from him.
1: Today, what we're here to do is we've got a couple jet skis with echo sounders and computers and GPSs on them that are going to survey the bottom. They're going to measure the depth of the sand.
0: So Tara, what is the point of taking these measurements over many years at Ocean Beach?
1: So the scientists who do this are basically very carefully studying how the sand moves on and off the beach, and they're using that. They actually use that in the study that you referred to to figure out how that's going to happen over time at other beaches, and they say it can actually be used around the world, the same research.
0: And how does the, the beach move or the sand move at Ocean Beach?
1: It moves in different directions, it turns out. The sand... Moves off the beach in winter and sort of parks offshore until summer, when it gradually moves back. Sometimes it creates those sandbars that you see and you can walk way out on. But the problem is, if there's a really big erosion and really big storms, sometimes the sand can actually get lost forever, and that can cause erosion over time. That's one of the factors that can change the beach over time.
0: And here's Dan Hoover of the USGS again.
1: We survey it primarily for scientific reasons to try to understand how the beach changes. And it changes a lot here. There's a lot of wave energy seasonally, big waves in the winter. There are strong currents. You've got San Francisco Bay emptying out just to the north. So there's a lot of things that shape the beach here. And beaches are the buffer that protect
0: the land from wave events. Tara, let's get into this study. It tries to measure how much danger California beaches are in over the next several decades. What did they find?
1: Yeah, the study, it's a very dire kind of set of statistics. Basically, they're saying that anywhere from 25% to 70% of California beaches could erode completely by the end of the century. And that includes a lot of Bay Area beaches, like parts of Stinson, parts of Ocean Beach, Surfer's Beach in Half Moon Bay, and part of Point Reyes the range of erosion depends a lot on how much we manage to curtail greenhouse gas emissions but it also depends on some other things that the way we handle erosion on the beaches as well
0: i want to get into those interventions but first tell us about the factors in beach erosion i mean it's it's easy to assume that that just sea level rise alone obviously the the water level would cover more of that coastal land but it's more complicated than that right
1: yeah, this particular study looked at sea level rise. It looked at increasing wave energy and increasing wave heights that are going to change over time with climate change. And it also looked at how beaches have eroded in the past. But some things that come into play, like this this winter we saw a huge flooding, for example, in Santa Cruz. That helped erode the beaches along with the wave action because the flooding kind of came down the cliffs and knocked over a lot of the sand. There's also another thing that a lot of the sediment that could help replenish the beach used to come from rivers. It still does come from rivers, but a lot of sediment is trapped behind all the dams that we have in California. So that makes it harder for these beaches to replenish. And over time, we're seeing there's actually less and less sand in the overall system to help make beaches come back to life each summer.
0: And what about terra development itself, people building, you know, roads, building homes along the coast, does that affect erosion of sand?
1: Yeah, it definitely does because first of all, when you build up walls along the coast partly to protect those roads and those houses, that keeps the sand from coming down the cliff which is actually one big source of sand on beaches. Natural cliffs and natural dunes kind of move a lot, and the, it helps replenish the beach seasonally. But when you build up the coast, the sand can't reach the beach. Building hard walls at a beach actually creates more erosion at the beach because the wave action intensifies and kind of scours out the sand at the beach.
0: So it's sort of a short-term fix.
1: Exactly. And it's also a fix that protects buildings, but your beach might disappear. So that nice beachfront property is no longer so attractive.
0: And just a a basic question. I mean, beaches are, you know, so loved by everyone in California, loved by tourists. You know, there are just places that we enjoy, but they're important for things other than that, right?
1: Exactly. Obviously, probably all of us here love living here for that reason, for our beaches. They bring in millions of dollars in tourism, recreation. There's also ways that they protect us. The beaches can absorb wave energy. So if the beach isn't there, the waves will have to keep pounding at the shore. They can help prevent flooding. And one of the interesting things they've become a source of is a type of refuge for people during all the wildfires and smoke and, you know, heat waves that are even more common in the last few years for people who live away from the coast. It's a place for them to get away from that.
0: All right. I want to take a quick break here on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back with Chronicle reporter Tara Duggan right after this.
1: You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
0: Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa joined by Chronicle climate reporter Tara Duggan. We're talking about a report about how much of California's beaches may be lost if we don't do something about emissions and climate change. Tara, I want to get back to this idea of these ways that that we've tried to counter beach erosion, seawalls, riprap rocks along the shore. You report that there's a lot of this and that there's a message coming from environmentalists on whether this is a good idea.
1: Exactly. And as I mentioned before, they found that seawalls can really make erosion worse on the beach, and actually make the beach disappear. It's become a really contentious issue because people who live near the coast obviously want to protect their homes and protect their property values. And there's often a a struggle between cities and the, the state itself. The state, including, for example, the California Coastal Commission, is really pushing for other types of interventions that are will help protect the beach while also, you know, trying to protect infrastructure and it's really become a very controversial issue.
0: Cuz you see it everywhere, right? I mean, you can see this increasing up and down the state.
1: Yeah, you know, Pacifica is a big example of that. I was there during the storms at Sharp Park when, you know, big waves were coming through and there's a seawall there protecting the road and the waves were going up so high that they were cresting above the wall and then coming back down. And you could just see the sand just getting scraped off of the beach right there. That's just an example. At the same time, you know, people's cars were parked there. The waves were hitting the cars. It's, you know, it's it's a very complicated issue. Um, the mayor of Pacifica I talked to for previous story was saying, well, we can't wait to protect these houses and these this infrastructure that's on the beach. We have to do something soon. So they're going to actually increase the seawall at Pacifica for that reason.
0: What are interventions that actually are proven to work when it comes to saving beaches?
1: Well, the state talks a lot about what's called nature-based solutions. So that includes, you know, bringing back Sand dunes. We don't have very many of our original sand dunes left in California, but they are a natural way of dealing with this kind of erosion because they can move over time back and forth. The sand kind of migrates, as they call it, and it can help buffer those big waves. But the bigger way to deal with this, a more expensive way to deal with it is is actually having to move things away from the coast. We saw that recently in Bodega Bay, this place called Gleason Beach, where Highway 1 was moved about 400 feet inland to avoid erosion and, and waves. And it was a very expensive process, but... You know, that's also where those the famous, you know, houses are falling off the cliff. Kind of a disturbing image there, but that that's another example where that had to happen.
0: So keep the beach, but the beach might be a lot further inland.
1: Yeah, allow the beach to move naturally as it needs to move. That's kind of the message that you hear a lot. The problem is, is as they often say, you know, the ocean will win. So a lot of these seawalls that were built decades ago are falling apart now. They're not holding up to the waves.
0: So if the potential damage is so great, are we doing enough to intervene?
1: A lot of people would say we aren't. I mean, it's hard to focus on issues that seem to be decades away. You know, even this report talks about 2100. I don't think we're going to be around then, but our, you know, children and grandchildren, or at least grandchildren will be around. So it can be hard for people to focus on these big infrastructure investments but what environmentalists and a lot of people in the state would say is if you don't deal with it now, it's going to be that much more expensive later. And if you wait for that you know, sewage plant to fail or the highway to fail, it's going to be a huge disaster. So that's the struggle is making it a priority now.
0: And you mentioned the state budget. We just got a decision from the governor on spending.
1: We did. I mean, the state does spend millions and millions, hundreds of millions on this issue among other climate change issues. But the budget, there's a cut of about a half billion dollars for coastal resiliency projects compared to the previous year. So a lot of people would see that as ironic after these huge storms that we saw, where we saw our coast getting hammered by storms. And yet we're cutting programs that are supposed to help prevent further erosion.
0: Tara, going back to Ocean Beach, I have to ask, what does the future look like there? Is Ocean Beach going to survive the way it is now?
1: Ocean Beach is an interesting case. The scientists who study it study it because they think it could be an example of many other beaches. The strange thing about it is it's actually getting larger on the top. So from, from east to west, it's getting wider. But On the southern end, it's getting narrower. It's actually moving back to where it originally was, if you look at old maps. And unfortunately, where it's getting narrower is where we have waste treatment plants and sewage lines that are really vital to the city. So it's not quite as dramatic as some other places. Like this study shows maps of Stinson Beach, where the shoreline goes right up through the houses in Stinson Beach, for example. So it's not quite as dramatic as that, but it could impact that infrastructure. The good thing about it is, though, that San Francisco has a climate plan to address that, and they're actually, the city is moving the highway away from Ocean Beach at that point at Slope Boulevard and doing other work to protect the sewage treatment plant there. So a lot of people say San Francisco is kind of a good model for planning for these kind of issues.
0: Tara, thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle climate reporter Tara Duggan. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening.